Hi, everyone. This is Kimberly. And this is Ethel. <laughs> and you're listening to Sitting in a Park Complaining About How Our Dogs Are Barking. Welcome to Arthritis R Us. That's terrible. <laughs> you're listening to A Date with Dateline. Great. And who are you? This is Ethel, formerly known, artist formerly known as Katie. The artist formerly known as Buck Naked. We are going to hear that phrasing very soon. I can't wait. This episode is tremendous. This episode, we need to just start because it's so long. Yeah. It felt like a 26-hour marathon episode. Yeah. I spent full hour on the recap and then looked at the time code and I was at 13 minutes in. Right. I don't, I just. Buckle up. Mank, how did you do this to us? We did not, we didn't even exist back in 2013, but no. he thought ahead and he's like, I'm going to torture those young ladies. I mean, I feel like for Dateline lovers, this is the, this it's is It's amazing, great but it's very confusing. There's so many people. No, people could not keep track on Twitter. To be fair, the people on Twitter sometimes can't keep track when there's two people on screen, but. That's horrible. It's true. Those are your people. Apologize. They're my people, but they're they're so busy tweeting that they're like, who is that? Is that the mistress? And you're like, no, that's the mom of the dead person. Oh, but I get confused. This one through throws you for a loop because one person I did honestly think was two people because in two of her interviews, she looks wildly yeah, different. That's true. No, she gets a a whole glow up makeover and then returns immediately. She says like two sentences in the makeover and then goes back to her before picture. So I'm confused. I don't, yeah. I need explanations on that. Okay, so this is called the A Gathering Storm. It aired on Friday the 15th, 2013. Mm. I don't remember what I was doing in 2013. Probably exactly what I'm doing now. They Sitting aired on my it, couch. They aired it on a Friday the 13th? No, Friday the 15th. Oh, that would have been clever if they had aired it on a Friday the 13th. Because that's when the murder happens. Oh, it does? It did. It happens on a Friday the 13th. Yeah, that shows how well I paid attention. My notes are great, you guys. They they must be if you spend an hour on 13 minutes. Also, we should mention this is a two-parter. We will be doing half of the recap this evening, half of a recap later. You'll see why. And if you've watched the episode, you know why. So this was season 21, episode 23. It's hosted by Sir Baby Mank. I love yeah. a baby mank. I Me love too. a current mank. I love a who is now just teenage mank. There's baby mank and he's currently teenage mank. That's yep. how we're aging him. That so first of all, at the beginning, who is doing the voiceover? It is not Lester. Oh, it I don't is know. some dramatic voice that is like in a world. Yeah, he got his big shot. He was super excited. But never again. <laughs> the graphics are swooping across the screen. Oh, yeah. Like we're watching The Matrix or something. Yeah, graphics guys back. And then it starts with a B-roll sequence that is like a soap opera mm-hmm. or a cheesy romance novel come to life. Mm-hmm. It, or It's like a Cinemax movie. These are the shots that you get. You get the red roses blooming in yeah. high speeds. A couple kissing in front of the ocean at sunset. There's a really close-up shot of a needle being set gently onto a record that is probably playing Kenny G. Uh, The couple is then running through a field, not flying kites, but waving this, like, large white sheet. Like, they're going to a picnic or a clan meeting or something. Wait. And then it was just... A sheet? Yes. I thought they were going to... I thought first it was a kite. It wasn't a kite. Then I thought that might be a picnic blanket, but it's not. It's like a thin white... You would never bring that to a picnic. They're parachuting. They're doing that parachute game where you all grab corners and you like no. go up <laughs> and people run under to the other side. That's, that's what they're doing. But it's just the two of them. They're in a mommy and me class? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think of when I think of that game. It's like sure. a mommy and me class. Have you been to a mommy and me class? When I was a, a me, when I was a little me. Oh, mommy and me is for kids too. Mm. I, in my head, like when I was picturing mommy and me, I was thinking about it not like an AA meeting, but a little bit more like you sit in chairs and you're all moms and you talk about struggles. No, no. What's that called? No, that's like a mom support group. Yeah. 
this is mommy and me, which I'm sure some of those talks do happen, but you have your child with you and the children all play. And then you talk about being a mom, but you play games with the baby, interacting with the baby in this group setting. You do little dances with the baby and play little games with the baby. And you make friends with other babies or moms with babies. Exactly. And do sometimes the moms try to one up the other mom? Like, oh, oh, yeah. Well, baby Delilah doesn't eat anything purple or anything yellow. Yeah. Okay. Timothy is now rolling onto his back already, or his front, I guess. I guess they're already naturally on their back. I don't know much about babies. (laughs) That sounds like a turtle. That's like a big deal when he rolls over. That's like a big milestone, apparently. I don't know. Okay. So, love to the songwriters is many a. Splendid thing. Say that again. A many splendid thing. Let's try it again. Love. (laughs) Love to the songwriters is many a splendid thing. Is a many splendid thing. Something like that. That's why I knew I was saying it wrong. You don't know the song. No, I know the song. Splendored? Splendored. Okay. I think there's also a movie. So Mank tells us this, but then we cut really fast. Yeah. The record scratches. Yep. And he's like, haha, just kidding. We are actually um, a commercialist society that has capitalized on love. And <laughs> it goes to a flower shop like on Valentine's Day, and they're bustling making flower balloons, and their cash register keeps opening, and they're making bank. Yeah. So that's what that's what love has turned into. Oh god. Again, I don't really know what much of this has to do with the actual episode, but it was an entertaining opening. Yeah. So then he says, this story is about love's darker side, obsession. Okay. So now we're finally getting somewhere, except is it really? It I mean, uh, one lady's for sure obsessed, but I forgot he said that. Now I'm sort of like, ah. What did that have to do with the Okay, it's fine. He's setting the mood. So the story takes place during Hurricane Charlie of 2004 in Florida. Mark off Florida your bingo cards. Also, I'm going to release our new bingo cards, and some of them do have horse B-roll. And we get horse B-roll right off the bat. Do we have a bingo square for like a shooting range? Shooting guns? Yes, yes, I added it. It is okay, new great. on our That's new good. cards. Okay. Yes. I will mark that off my list. Okay. So it's in a place in Florida called Punta Gorda, which means yeah. fat point. There we go. Which is super romantic. It's lovely. Yeah. We meet Jean Hewton. Hewton? Hewton. Hewton and her husband, Jim. And he's hiding out somewhere, not from the storm but because he was scared of something very mysterious. We're going to, and we will tell you in three and a half hours why he is scared. (laughs) So after the storm, Gene and Jim meet up and they are upset again, not over all the devastation that has occurred in their beloved hometown, but of the personal storm that is brewing inside their lives. And Mank is being so vague and we just don't know what's happening. I was getting angry. Then we find there's a homicide investigation going on at the same time during the hurricane. And a detective, Mark Chumper? Clumper? Mm. Chump? A detective, Mark. Okay. I think it's Chumper. I'm chumping at the bit. Chompers. Chomps. Okay. Detective Chompley is chasing a murderer Mm -hmm. through the hurricane, basically. Yeah. That's how they make it seem. It's dramatic. We still have no idea what's going on. So then we rewind, and it started in Washington State in 2003 with a body found in an abandoned car, Russell Douglas, a ragged hole between his eyes that had frozen his age at 32. I It did make me think of last week where we couldn't figure out how they couldn't find the bullet holes. This was like a clear situation where they knew he was shot right away. It was a ragged hole. Yeah. So he's wearing flip-flops with socks. Mm. So the murder isn't the only thing tragic that happened that day. Oh, my gosh. Chumpley says when he tells Russell's wife, Brenna, 
She doesn't seem surprised. It seemed kind of matter of fact. So she's right away on their radar. And this is in Washington. Nothing to do with the Florida gym jeans. Correct. Okay. So they, gym jeans. (laughs) Henceforth, Jim and Jean will be called gym gym jeans. jeans. Yeah. So she's a suspect. They were separated at the time. They had two kids. The detective is working this case for months. He finds a number in Russell's phone that leads to a Las Vegas number for a woman named Peggy Thomas, who, when he talks to, says, oh, I'm just friends with Brenna and Russell. No big deal. Yeah. Okay. So we still don't know nothing about her. Then we hear the longest segment of every member of Russell's family finding out that he has been killed. It was long. It was long. And we find out how each one of them found out. But this is the moment I remember from this episode, because I've seen this episode before. And all I remember is this scene. Okay. Russell's mom finds out. She finds out Russell's gone. And Mank's voiceover says, gone? Gone where? To heaven, Mank. And Russell's sister, I'm not going to say anything about her shaved hairstyle. No, you're not. But I do think, I bet Russell's mom, who's adorable, but a little square maybe, was like, honey, why did you have to shave your head right before Dateline interview? I think no. You I think, think the she, mom is like, you do you. I think she's a good you. mom. I loved mom. the mom. Yeah. Mom was great. Russell's dad is in the wild hunting yeah. and can't be reached by phone. So an Alaskan bush pilot has to like fly into the wilderness and say, your son's been killed. And the dad says, which son? Okay. His, then, his response was amazing. Well, my first question was, which son? And I was yeah. like. Oh my, this is terrible. Yeah. Also, I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter. They would be sad either way. Yeah. I guess he wanted accuracy first. Oh my gosh. So then Russell's brother, who is on vacation in Canada snowboarding, because this family is the most active family I have ever seen. And they're all uh, not together. My family would literally, if they had to notify us, they were all on the couch, sir. I found them all on the couch. Yeah, uh, Joni was at Twenty Four Hour Fitness right down the street. She came right back. Like <laughs> they were all watching Love Island. Yeah, we haven't started yet. But brother is out of range and doesn't get the messages until he drives across the border to into the U.S. And that's the moment I remember where he says his phone was having a seizure when yeah. he it got so many messages. Maybe he had like didn't have an international plan on his phone. Because I know there is still cell service in Canada by the border. I think you can choose not to have it. Like, if he was on vacation, maybe he was like, I'm good. I just need to hear. Okay. Yeah. So the whole family goes to stay with Brenna and support her, which I thought was very nice. But I do not know if I personally would want my in-laws sleeping on the floor in the living room, which they were camped out to help me. I don't know if we didn't get to meet anyone from Brenna's family. So maybe right. this family is like Brenna's family. I don't know how much family Brenna had. They didn't really say. Yeah. And I guess Brenna wasn't doing much but hiding in her room. So the mom, who we love, t- took charge and was like, yeah. okay, here's where we're going to get our meals. We're going to put them in Tupperware. We'll have something to eat every day. Here's we're going to plan things, you know. Well, they had to plan a funeral, right? Exactly. And yeah. Brenna wasn't doing crap. So yeah. Come on, Russell had been what Mank calls a late bloomer. And as he's saying this, he's showing yearbook photos of Russell with his glasses. And I thought, was that shade? I don't know why they had to tell us that he was a, what is a late bloomer? What did it have to do with anything? There's a follow-up? He didn't become a ladies' man until like his 20s. But is that something that happens? So if you're a late bloomer as a boy, like that's something that you go a little wild in your 20s when you Maybe. Like- Some people do. That's what you said about Seth MacFarlane with absolutely no knowledge of his life. I, did, I said that? Yes. You said he's the type of guy who was nerdy in high school. And then when he got rich and famous, he just went wild with ladies. Again, no knowledge. Mm, I'm not sure if I stand by that. I like half and half stand by that. You said it, so you better stand by it. I don't know if it made it to the episode. It did, because people responded in force. Oh, and said, shut your mouth, Katie. Shut your filthy mouth. No, they generally agreed with you that 
I should not marry him. That was no. the general consensus. Good. Good. It's also not on the table currently, right? No, it's not like he's he's offered or I've even met him. Yeah. Now, Russell had married Brenna and they had two kids, but they fought about money all the time. And he was also cheating on her constantly. Mm-hmm. Brenna says their fights weren't physical, although she hit him a couple times. Mm-hmm. They finally separate. He moved out. He got a new girlfriend. But because of all the drama with Brenna, the family and Russell weren't really talking. And I kind of don't blame them because Meg says the drama was exhausting. And we all know people who have those relationships. And it's just exhausting to be around. You're like, break yeah. up or stay together. I don't care at this point. I can't deal with it. I've been that person. Uh, I wasn't going to say that. I've already apologized to you. And I'll apologize again publicly <laughs> if you'd like. <laughs> no, Kim- I, was, I wasn't Kimberly even referring to you. Slash Agatha. I'm sorry. Thank you. I love Agatha. Agatha and Ethel. Yeah. Uh, but things were looking up for Russell. He was taking an online master's degree course, which sounds like a scam that Peggy Hill got Can you do caught that? into. Like, I guess it's a real thing. It's not like you can be a doctor with four payments of fifty nine ninety nine. I don't know. I guess it's real. Hmm. I I was not aware. Okay. Is it like University of Phoenix? Where you do it through them, and then, like, that's a real degree, but a master's degree. Okay, good for you. In what? Like, in being a jeweler? I don't, I don't know. Stuff that you can... <laughs> I don't know what you would have a online... Because you couldn't be science. You right. You be, like, a chemist master's degree. No, that wouldn't make sense. No. We have lots of questions. So, boats. right around Christmas... Goats? Goats or boats. Goats I feel or like boats, boats it, they would not be able to monitor your boating time... Because yeah. you're on the computer. So you could just be like, yeah, here's my pictures. I did my work study at the boat place. So maybe I did my 40 hours. accurate and you have to have a goat in home. In, with on the video chat with you, with your professor. Veterinary science goat specialty. I don't know. All right. I don't understand how this would work. It must be other things. Yeah. Okay. So right around Christmas, Russell had called his brother saying he wanted to get back together with Brenna. Mm. Why now? Mm. Sounds like the worst marriage in history until we get to the next couple in this episode. Oh, my. my. Uh, So Russell's family didn't think that Brenna had anything to do with it. Russell's mom even helped Brenna get a lawyer. Their finances were in trouble. Brenna was a hairdresser. We just had a hairdresser last week. Brenna owned the hair salon? Hair salon owner. Okay. Yes. It still doesn't explain her hairstyle. In a fancy shopping center. Okay. They made a point. Like a strip mall or like a No, nice it looked like a, it looked like a nice shopping center. It had brick. Oh, well that makes it fancy. They but they still were having financial trouble. Yeah. Russell had had life insurance for over half a million dollars though. Brenna needed the money because they had been renting a house from a client at the hair salon a named employee. Employee name Are you sure? Yeah. She worked okay. there for a while. I thought she was a mechanic. Uh, and a beauty pageant person. It's so confusing. Okay, so Brenna is renting the house from this lady, Peggy Thomas. Oh who my is, God, who is Peggy? But that's the phone call. That's, that's the Las the phone Vegas call. phone. The Las Vegas phone number. Yes, but who? Why? Who? Why is she involved? Okay, we're gonna have to do a flowchart on this. Seriously. So, who you need to remember right now are Russell and Brenna married. Russell's dead. Russell's dead. It's very sad. Peggy was the call that they found on his phone. I'm sure he had many calls on his phone, but for some reason they kept focused on this Las Vegas number, which belonged to Peggy, who doesn't live in Las Vegas. She lives in the Washington town and possibly works at the hair salon. And owns the house. Yeah, that they... That they're renting from. Okay. (sighs) Detective Chumpley is investigating. (laughs) It's not his name. Chumper. I liked it. I I wanted it to be Chumper. I did not put on the subtitles to see if I was right. Wife Brenna had an alibi, even though she's the only one with a motive. Then Chumper's partner, Mike Beach. So we have Beach and Chumper, homicide detectives. Mm. Or would it be Chumper and Beach? Yeah, Chumper and Beach. Beat cops. Chump and Beach? I mean, he goes by Chump, right? Beach and the Chumps. That would be their TV show. There you go. Or their band. Oh, God. That's where we're coming to. We'll get to that. So Beach gets a call from an informant, someone scared to say what they know about this murder. 
So he tries to get him talking, and the caller says, there's a girlfriend of the shooter that you need to look at. Also, the shooter is my best friend, and mm-hmm. we're in a band together. Jim Hewden is the name of the shooter. Mm-hmm. He's the guy from the beginning who was hiding out from the storm. Jim Jeans. Jim Jeans. So Beach Googles Jim Hewden and finds a photo of the band and tells the guy on the phone, who still won't say his name, yeah, I think I'm looking at a photo of you right now. And the caller goes, wow, you're good. And Beach goes, "Um, no, I just like, I Googled it. Have you ever got, do you know what Google? I mean, it's 2013. I wish he had said, I just asked Jeeves. Beach is like super down to earth. Beach is (laughs) just kind of laughing about it. But that was dirty pool, Beach. Tell that story. That makes him look, that makes. The friend, the caller look about 99. Yeah. And. Bill. Bill's the friend. Bill's the friend. Bill Hill. Which I can't. Is it really Bill Hill? It is Bill Hill. So, yeah, he's like, I asked Google, and it's not that hard. <laughs> okay, so then we jump to Florida. We're now in Florida, where Ponce de Leon came to Florida. Oh, for goodness sakes. And then Meg proceeds to tell us about this conquistador. And, and we're like, where is this episode going? It's so confusing. Um, he came looking for the Fountain of Youth. In Florida, like the conquistador, Jim Hewden was a middle-aged wanderer. There's the tie-in. That was the only tie-in, though. There's the tie-in. That was a long discoverer journey to get to. I mean, all right. But Mank is a poet. He has to weave these tales. He has two hours to work with. That is true. Weave a tapestry. But I guarantee you Ponce de Leon would have been the first thing cut if they had to cut it down to an hour. But when's the last time you thought about that? When's the last time you heard that name? Well, I hear it all the time on Seinfeld because they're constantly going to see a movie about Ponce de Leon. It's like an oh. ongoing joke. Okay, but for the rest of the world, sixth grade, sixth grade history, the yeah. last time, or like I don't seventh even grade, remember maybe. History. So he had a computer shop, Jim, not Ponce mm-hmm. de Leon. I don't think they had computers back then. Jim has a computer shop in town. Everyone loves him, but more importantly, he's in a band called Wait for It. No. Buck Naked and the Exhibitionists. Now, Exhibitionists is spelled with an X, as in it starts with an X. Mm-hmm. They're called BNX for short. Yeah. I have so many questions. Were they the American version of Bare Naked Ladies? Is one of them specifically Buck Naked and the others are the Exhibitionists? Or is this a Hootie and the Blowfish thing where they're kind of all the blowfish yeah they just wanted a clever name but i it feels like jim is like the head of the band right he's not the lead singer though he's not but it seems like they pull in a ringer for the lead singer the lead singer is not in a bunch of the band pictures which means that i think there's a band and then they have singers come in maybe sometimes they have that guy for a long time and then they go with someone else then they go with someone else because that Mm. guy was not in the pictures a lot interesting and he was kind of famous not like i mean but he was in a big band He's yeah, in he the was, platters. He so. was in the platters, which would give you an idea of how old the members of this band are. Because the way we're going to be talking about the activities of this band, you would think they were just out of college. Yeah, no, bags you- trying to get their just hunt and scooch all over town. And they are actually middle-aged people in their 40s and 50s. If you're an office fan, you're looking at Scrantonicity. Too. There you go. Scrantonicity too, but no weddings. I don't think they would do a wedding unless... I think they're a little bit bigger than weddings. I think that they played at Jim Jean's wedding. Definitely played at a Jim Jean's wedding. At members of the band, sure. But I think that they were playing more at like city events, festival yeah, They were pretty popular. around. Yeah. But the town is pretty small, I think. Also, I'm thinking this whole place just feels like... What's it called? Puerto... Puerto Punta? Gorda, Gorda. Punta Gorda? Punta Gorda. To me, sounds a lot like Key West. Yes. Is it in Key West? I don't know, but that's a great... It seems like these concerts are like the kind 
the Beach Boys would put on, but like smaller yes. scale. But the clientele, the the ladies who would go and flash their boobies were like the kind of ladies that would go to that we saw in New Orleans. The exact ladies that we saw in New Orleans on Bourbon Street and yeah. made all of the actual like frat boys look so depressed. Yeah, they all teach together at the same high school. And then they yeah. went down to New Orleans for their yes. crazy weekend. Also, isn't being buck naked, doesn't that sort of make you an exhibitionist? It's kind of redundant. It's clever. Okay. It's all right. It's perfect for what they are. It's yeah. absolutely perfect. Uh, one of the guys looks like Mario Batali, by the way, without mm. the orange crocs and the, the sexual assault. The <laughs> other name for the band, the other possible choice, was Less More and the Contradictions. And yeah. Mank is delighted by this. If he oh, had yeah. had a vote, he would have picked this one. The band members say, well, Jim came up with both of these names. And that just shows his mind, how brilliant it was. And yeah. I was like, does it? Yeah. They're not that, they're fun. I guess they're funny. Like, I wouldn't go, he's brilliant. He came up with less more and the contradictions. Look, I... We've seen worse. We've heard worse. It's just, again, it's just right for what this is. Yes. Okay. You're totally right. Because it's like Scrantonicity. It's a yes. play on words, right? <laughs> you're totally right. So Jim is a partier and doesn't yeah. let girlfriends or wives come in the way of a good time. Okay. There's so much cheating happening in this episode. I feel like this episode is giving me hep C. I can't. Wow. Now, there's one guy who helps Jim cheat. He is Jim's wingman. He's like 65. And so it's weird that he's his wingman. He does seem a lot older. Yeah. He's so much older. And yeah. I know this happened in 2003, but he looks like 70 something now. Or se like, so he was maybe 50 something when he was the wingman with all the groupies. Yeah, you know they had groupies, too. You know this is like a Duke Silver situation. Oh, I got that reference. And especially with the music. And you know that their ballad was You've Lost That Love and Feeling. You yeah. know they played it every yeah. single time, and the ladies swooned, and then somebody's husband got cheated on. But I think maybe it's like a badge of honor in Punta Gorda to have your wife cheat on you with one of the members of... Of BM BMX? Of B yeah, exactly. Oh, they got me, too. That's what they do, man. That's what they do. And then they high five each other yeah it's an extra yeah <laughs> okay so this guy is jim's wingman his name is bill and he cover they pick up chicks and they cover for each other so they don't get in trouble with their girlfriends they play classic songs and they there's one song that they're playing that's like a series of numbers that i didn't know like oh, don't six seven one two four three oh nine It's a very, it's a famous song. Yeah, I, it was, I felt like my social security number. By the way, if anyone thinks it's 8675309, I do know that song. That was not what this song is. It's a different song. Yeah. The lead singer is the guy from the platters at mm -hmm. this time. We, they might rotate. Anyways, Jim eventually marries Jean. Jean is in love with him. How Gene do we say this? runs his computer store? He turns over the computer store to her because the band is doing so well. But wow. I didn't really understand the connection, and they don't really explain it further. But yeah. all you need to know is that Gene is beyond obsessed in love with Jim. Mm -hmm. Does not care what he's doing. She will love him forever. Now, they are married for a very short amount of time when Jim goes to a funeral in Washington and meets a lady named Peggy Thomas. Finally, we're going to get to find out who Peggy is. Yeah. Peggy is a wannabe hairstylist. There we go. She was a stylist. You're right. And in beauty pageants. And they announce her as Miss Washington. But before you think it's like in the Miss USA, it's in a Las Vegas smaller beauty pageant that she yeah, was. Yeah, that we don't get the name of. Miss but Washington. The, but the music is Pageant City. I couldn't yes. describe it. It was great. But they do keep referring to her as Miss Washington in yeah. the episode and it's like okay but that sort of implies it's miss usa or something you know yeah, what i'm saying miss america and it's like, not right we're sure it's not i'm positive they said it's a las vegas beauty pageant yeah. okay i don't understand what it what it is um yeah wait a minute so he met peggy at the funeral in washington correct for his childhood friend correct got it 
Now, Peggy also has a lot of headshots of herself, wearing a look that can only be described as 90s cowboy chic. 90s cowboy sultry. There you go. We then meet another lady. And why are they having us meet another lady? Because I'm so confused. This lady is Leslie. And she was on a reality show called Big Rich Texas, which seems like a style network ripoff of Real Housewives, right? No, I think it's one of those Bravo shows. They do no, shows like that. it was on Style Network. They have, oh, it was on Style. Well, that's what the icon was in the corner. Maybe oh, then it it's Style. It's exactly, it's like one of those Married to Medicine or whatever, like all those other like side shows that Bravo okay. has that's not Housewives, but like Housewives. So Leslie is blonde, kind of Barbie doll or a Dixie chick or something. She has one winged side of her hair, like Farrah Fawcett on one side. I found that a little odd. Anyways, she loves Peggy. Everyone yeah. loves Peggy, but she really loves Peggy. Peggy seems to have a pull yeah. with people. Mm-hmm. So she's got some sort of charm thing going on. And then she's also very pretty. So Peggy, they met during pageants. And Peggy Sounds was right. also a mechanic. And somehow that added to her sex appeal to Leslie. But also because Peggy was a whole lot of gorgeous woman. Yeah. So that's Leslie says... She is sex appeal. She's a whole lot of gorgeous woman. Yeah. And then she says Peggy is voluptuous. Yeah. Which is not the word, but that's okay. Oh, she did say that, didn't she? Yes, she, she did. She said lump with an M? 100% with an M. So voluptuous. Okay, that's mm-hmm. all right. I think Peggy is very tall. From what I'm gathering, Peggy's like 5'11 and like not... A pixie stick. She's She looked normal, thin beauty pageant girl to me, though. Her chesticles looked normal size. So I, I don't she looked, think she's using the word right. I think she looked on the curvier side of pageant. Well, She's not a stick. Leslie is like a size zero, and Peggy might be a size four. So that is voluptuous. Yeah. In the pageant circuit, sure. We don't know. Sure. I don't know, okay. what, I don't know what happens. But sure. Now... Jean knows that there's this lady, Peggy, that is in Jim's life. But Jim convinces her that it's just a business contact in the music industry. How does she find out about Peggy? How's the first She way? sees some emails or some text messages. And then one time Peggy actually calls the house for Jim. Peggy is nothing if not brazen. And Jean is nothing if not head in the sand. Yeah, kind of. Well... So Jim's behavior is getting out of control. He's drinking a ton. He keeps traveling out west for no reason. Mm -hmm. And this woman is calling, but Gene is like, nope, he's not cheating. He's in a band called Buck Naked and the Exhibitionist, for crap's sake. He's not a cheater. No. He has a reputation of chasing tail all over Punta Gorda. But he's loyal to me. Punta Gorda cannot be what that's called. Yes, it is. That sounds... It sounds inappropriate. It sounds like a bad word. Yeah. In Espanol. Yeah. As Peggy Hill would say. Well, gorda means fat. Yeah, it's the other one. Punta. Does it sound like a, a Clovis? No, isn't isn't that... Maybe. Okay. This is a classy town. But this is punta, which means point. Yeah, which sounds like punta. It does sound like punta a little... Jim is chasing Punta all over Punta Gorda. <laughs> See, and that doesn't sound wrong. That no. doesn't sound wrong. That no. sounds right. <laughs> oh, sweet Lord. All right. Okay. Okay. Mank throws so much shade here at poor Gene. Yeah. Because he says, there is, of course, no cure for willful blindness. Come on, I know, Mank, we know. I, we know, but I really wish he had segued into like a, an ad and been like, but for unwillful blindness, please support the Braille Institute or consider donating to Helping Hands for the Blind. Oh, God. That is and so then a good. number scrolls across exactly, the bottom. Exactly. Oh, That's what I was expecting. No, because that just makes Jean look even worse. It just makes her look even worse. Okay. Speaking of segueing gracefully into ads. Oh, my if you're stressed because your bandmate wants to call your new band Buck Naked and the Exhibitionist, but you really prefer the name Less More in the Contradictions, we have a great offer for you. Better help counseling with a licensed therapist in the privacy and safe space of your own home. You can confidentially text, chat, 
phone, or video with a counselor. It's available worldwide, so our listeners in Japan that are stressed because of all the robots that are going to take over the world, they can enjoy this service too. BetterHelp has counselors that are specialized in family issues, anxiety, grief. If you don't like your counselor for any reason, you can switch to a new one at no additional charge. It's very affordable, and if you qualify, they even offer financial aid. Date with Dateline listeners get 10% off your first month with discount code DATELINE. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com forward slash Dateline. You fill out the questionnaire, and they assess your needs, and they get you matched with the counselor that you'll love betterhelp.com forward slash dateline you might have issues like gene and you don't even know it check it out guys back to the cheating no jim's 80 year old wingman stop it's not his fault he just might look old they've been living hard that's true they were road wet and put out to dry what's that expression i'm not gonna tell you you're gonna have to remember it this is the second time i will have to tell you that expression (laughs) But they honestly, when they every single B-roll shot they show of that band, yeah, they look every single one looks drunk. Those 1,000%. men are drinking, like drinking, drinking. Yes, Jim's wingman would go with him on these trips to visit Peggy, yeah, and was weird. helping him hide it from Gene. So Bill. that's a good friend, Bill. What are you Bill. doing? This is not the first time Bill is complacent. Okay, mm-hmm. now. The band is starting to see these changes in Jim. He's drinking a lot. He has this erratic temper. And then we find out that Jean heard from Jim. He confided in her that his deep, dark secret is not the incessant cheating and the -the over-the-top drinking. It's the fact that he has always wanted to know what it was like to kill a man. Now, how drunk was Jim when he had this conversation with Jean? No more than usual. That's intense. That's a... What would you do if I told you that? If I was Gene, I would say at least he's sleeping in my bed tonight. That's all Gene did. Yeah, kind of. But what would you do? Seriously, what would you do if I confessed that to you? I would... I don't know. You, Can you, you force would, someone into counseling? I was going to say, you'd tell Can me to get... Can I call better help? I, you'd tell me to get better help. There we go. Can I do that? Can I buy you a gift certificate to better help? Because be I know great. you're more likely to use it if it's a gift certificate. I think anyone's more likely to use things that are gift certificates. Yeah, that's true. Now, Jim had seen his mom getting abused when he Mm -hmm. was a kid in a domestic violence situation. And he had always wanted to get revenge on that man. But that man was dead. So Jim Mm -hmm. wanted to get revenge on a man that was like that man. It's like every episode of Criminal Minds, the killer is not killing the person that they want to be killing. The killer is always killing a substitute It's like a role-playing, yes, it's like a role-playing game, and that person is like the substitute, they call it a different word, for the person, like a representation of what happened to them when they were younger. And then they kill that person, who usually didn't do anything wrong, they're just, they just happen to be the representation of that person. Boy. Yeah. So, Gene is like, well, he's still, he's with me this month, it's not Peggy's month, so I'm sticking with him. But then... All of a sudden, right when she decides she's maybe had enough, she gets this massive makeover, seemingly right in the middle of her interview with Mank. It's like they cut Jean, Mank, Jean, Mank, and then they cut back to Jean, and she now has, like, darkish red hair. She's wearing a suit. And then they cut back to Mank, and then they cut back to Jean, and she has the blonde hair again. It is the weirdest thing. It's, like, inserted in there. I thought she was a shapeshifter. And we get it more at the end. We get dark hair Jean. Once more, more towards- at the end. Or maybe a couple times more. I think we get her a couple times more at the end. Yeah, so it's just one of these in so the first So it's obviously hour. years later. But yeah. she answered the question better the second time? Maybe. I don't know. They thought we wouldn't notice? Because I thought it was a different person. I was like, right. who's that? Yeah. Because oh, they Jean. literally cut right back to her in the normal blonde rougher gene that we have come to know and not really respect but that's terrible (laughs) we could have had a voiceover yeah it was just not even clear that it was a i think they have a b-roll shot of the new gene walking but it really made it seem to me it felt like it was the same interview she's like tonks from harry potter she can just so because it's weird because she's talking about finally being done with jim 
and she looks great. Like she's released him. She's dyed her hair. She got a new outfit. Yeah. And then, and she's dropped Jim. She, he's, but then we find out she didn't really drop him. He dropped her because he went to go live with Peggy in Las Vegas with her two kids. Apparently Peggy has two kids. So Jean's glow up is short lived. She somehow switches immediately back to her before picture, and she's taking Jim back because he says he's coming home from Vegas soon. Wow. And she's like, great, I get my husband back. Also, is Peggy living in Washington or living in Vegas? Vegas now. Now she's in Vegas, yeah. Okay, Peggy moves around a lot. Okay. Peggy gets around a lot. So then, guess what? Jim does not keep his promise to move back home to Punta, he stays in Vegas. And so what does Jean do? She goes to visit him in Vegas, where he's living with his mistress and her two kids. Well, she said he set it up like for her 40th birthday. He like flew her out, made a big deal about it. Yes, but she knew that's where he was living yeah, with Peggy. Jean, you got to move on, girl. You got to let him go. He's, Jean, he's with Peggy now. And Peggy- I have a bunch of self-esteem books that I can recommend for you. Girl, the band wasn't that good. No, Jim is not that talented. It's not like you're following around Jim Morrison or something. He's in a little band in Punta Gorda. Get over it. And so what really, this is what really bothers her is not the fact that she's now visiting him in the town that is Peggy's or that the drinks are watered down in Vegas. It's that Jim tells her he intends to actually follow through with his dream Follow your bliss of wow. killing a man. Okay. So that's a happy trip to Vegas, too, for her yeah, for her birthday. Great. Yeah. Um, I'm going to kill a man. Happy birthday. Yeah. So this man that he's found beats his family, and by killing him, Jim would symbolically be able to kill the man that abused his mom. Right. Which is cool and all, except that that man is Russell, and we all know that Russell never hit Brenna. Brenna actually hit Russell a few times. Brenna of Russell. Brenna of Russell. (laughs) I'm going to start referring to everyone by Handmaiden's Tale. Uh, Brenna had offered to share the insurance money with Peggy if Peggy had her boyfriend, Jim, kill her husband, Russell. Who's telling us this? Uh, Jean. Okay. We're just learning this story all out of order. Okay. Yeah, this is what Jean has been told from... Jim. That Peggy's going to be able to... Why does... But why would Jean care if Peggy gets money? Well, she wouldn't. She's not in favor of this plan, but she doesn't... She can't be away from her man if he goes to jail, so she doesn't care. She's not going to say anything. Now, Jean is the master of denial and also doesn't think that he's going to go through with it. I mean, he broke his promise to come back home to Florida and stay with her. Instead, he stayed with Peggy, so he'll probably break the promise about killing the guy, too. He's just Jim. He's all talk. He's not going to actually kill someone. He's cheated on me for years. Of course he's not going to kill someone. Oh. So one day, Jim calls Gene, saying that dreams do come true. He had killed someone. Which is bad, but he's coming back to Florida to be with her. Yay, Gene. What, she's why? so excited. Why is he coming back to Florida after he's a dream is a wish your heart makes? Why? <laughs> Maybe he why? felt like he had to physically be separated from Peggy after the murder mm-hmm. to so no one would get suspicious of anything. And he should be as far away from the murder scene as possible. Okay. Is that? I don't know. That's all right. I'll take that. I was wondering. That's a good reason, actually. All right. It, but Jean is... Upset that her husband killed someone, but she's more excited that her long game has paid off and he's coming home to her. Her long waiting game. Yes. And what's happening at the computer store? Who's there? (laughs) No one. Who's running the computer store? They probably have like an intern who is in like her first year of junior college. And she's like, I don't know. My bosses are crazy. You guys. He's never in town. She just talks, looks at a picture of him. And writes Mrs. Jean Jim over and over again on her little Lisa Frank binder. So we get nothing done at the computer store. Also, the mayor used to go there. I mean, it was a big deal because we got an interview (laughs) for two seconds. The mayor. 
Yeah, the mayor of For Punta. two seconds, who yeah. was touting how great the computer store was and how good Jim was at computers. He, they could build you a computer, which I would feel like <laughs> is the point of a computer store. Yeah, no, but, but Jim's a genius. Remember, he came up with the names of those bands and he why did fix we the computer. That? He's a genius. Why do we need that interview no. with the mayor? To show that the mayor is easily impressed. Okay. I met this mechanic and he fixed my car. I gave him the key to the city. <laughs> okay. Jim tells Jean, I've killed this man. Mm-hmm. Jean's first question to her husband is, are you okay? This is what your first concern is. Are you okay? Someone else is not okay. Someone else is not okay. Someone else's family is very much not okay. They were all skiing and hunting in the wilderness and they had to find out and it was terrible. Mm. And they're collecting hot dishes from everyone in town. Because they have a funeral to plan. They don't and do hot dish in Washington. I bet they do. It's cold. I feel like they do baked goods, maybe. Like muffins. Mm, maybe. Cinnamon rolls. Oh. Pudding. Delightful. Banana pudding. Like a Oh. Hmm. Okay. Uh, does Jean turn him in, Katie? Do you think, from what you've learned of Jean, that she turns in Jim? No. No. I think, I think Jean, Tammy Wynette's it, stands mm-hmm. by... Mm-hmm. And makes another bad decision in a series of really, really bad decisions. She's which are really... and there's more to come. There's oh, yeah. more bad decisions to so, come. So, so many yeah. more decisions that Jean makes that are as questionable as I'm not going to say anything about anyone's hair. Good. Now, she is just thrilled that he's home, but he's not as happy as he should be, considering he fulfilled his lifelong dream of killing someone. He says the buzz was amazing for a few days, but then it wore off. He was walking on sunshine, and then the high went away. As high That's as when you do. have to kill again. Exactly. That's how serial killers are born. Where yeah. have you been, Jim? Gene. Yeah. <sighs> so Gene does nothing. Months go by until guess who shows up at the door? Peggy. <laughs> Who's just pops up in every she Peggy pops up in this story like every 20 minutes, I think. It'll go on and we'll learn about other people's lives. And then, oh yeah, Peggy's here. Why did she's, Peggy just she's come the to personification Florida? of Aunt Peggy, which you won't get. But it's really a funny joke that I just made. What's it from? It's from Hamilton. And there's oh, the sorry. two sisters, and the third one's always like, Aunt Peggy. Because the two ones are the main ones. So the ladies are now meeting face to face. Peggy and Jean, it's a standoff in Punta. And they sit down and probably have some, like, I think Coronas or something. And, mm-hmm. like, they're not lemonade people. This is Corona City. and Hard lemonade? Maybe. Maybe okay. Mike's hard lemonade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're chatting at the house. And they are realizing that Jim has been playing both of them. I don't know how they did not see this before. And he has been telling each of them that it was over with the other one. Which makes no sense because he has been actively flying back and forth between them. This is the most difficult long-distance relationship. It's clear across the United States. This is the hardest way to have an affair that you could possibly have an affair. Unless they lived in, like, Australia. Yeah. Peggy must be, like, a magician. She's a witch. She's a witch. She casts a spell. She's like that one Kelly from whatever that episode Mm -hmm. was that we were pretty convinced that she had, like, Oh, that Kelly. Kelly and Ira. Yeah, Black yeah. Hair Kelly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, they start fighting. Jim comes back home. They call Jim. He's at a radio station doing an interview. And she's like, um, your mistress is here. I totally knew about her, but now she's in my house, so I can't ignore her, basically. And so Jim comes home. He's been caught. And they're all yelling at each other. He decides, I'm going to stay with Jean, my wife. Peggy That's leaves. surprising. So surprising. Does he keep his word? We'll find out. Now... I have a theory on this. I think he trusts Gene more than he trusts Peggy. Definitely. And he and, should. Yeah, Jean and there's a murder. Yes, there's a, yeah. you're right. But they both know about the murder. So if he trusts Gene to not keep tell his secret more than he trusts Peggy, then he should stay with Peggy because he shouldn't want to piss off the one that he doesn't trust to turn him in. Don't you yeah. think? But he doesn't. He's not that smart. Okay. So even though he's a genius and can fix a computer. Genius. Uh, yeah. <laughs> genius. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> so Peggy leaves. She's not gone for long. No. Much like 
herpes, she comes right back and shows up at a band gig that they're doing. And we're talking to Bill, the wingman, and we find out that, guess what else the wingman knew? He knew that Jim had killed this man for Peggy. Yeah. And guess what? He also did nothing for five months. Did not tell anyone. Why are people so loyal to this man? I don't get it. I don't see it. It's not coming through in the photos, the charisma or whatever. I don't think you understand island living is going to be the biggest (laughs) problem. Feeling hot, hot, hot. There's something that goes down on Punta Gorda Island inlet, whatever Uh it is. It is Uh on the water. There's a code. Mm. We don't know the code. And it might just be unspoken, but it's a code. You do Instead not of a bro betray. code, it's a gym code. Yeah, you don't betray your island brother. And that's what they're doing. <laughs> You're talking like they're like native island people. These are people like white people with sunburns drinking. They're all really sunburned all the time, by the way. I can't tell if it's red from alcohol or red from sun or a combination of both. Where's the sunscreen? People. No, they don't. They don't know about sunscreen. And it shows because they all could be easily 20 years younger than what they look like. It's very but strange. It's hard to tell. Yeah. So finally, the wingman, Bill, listens to his conscience and he calls the police. So, so now he, here's the phone call. He's the band member who was so impressed with Google. Yeah. So he must have told Jim must have given him a lot of information for him to even be able to call the right police department. I'm surprised Jim went into so much detail like he was in this town in Washington. That's this true. This is where it happened. He, you know he did know the town. You're totally right, though. Yeah, he knew yeah. the in the, ta- the town is a funny name. I didn't write it down. Um, the yeah. town in Washington. So he did. Oh, yeah. He knew the Sisley? name, too. No. Um, so the detective flies to Florida and meets right. with the wingman and verifies his story. Then the detective goes to Jim's house and says, Jim, I know you killed Russell. And instead of like, who's Russell? Russell's dead? Yeah. Why is there a Russ? cop from Washington in my house? Yeah. He says, I don't know why anyone would say that. Which is the classic non-denial. When a killer doesn't say, I didn't do it, they say, I would never do it. I would never do something like that. He says, I don't know why anyone would say that. He does admit that he was in Washington and did briefly meet Russell. And he admits that he is a son of a bee. He says, Several times. I'm not a killer. I'm just a son of a bee. But he thinks it's charming. It is almost charming the way he does it. He goes, look, I'm I'm a son of a bee. I'm a son of a bee, but I'm no killer. The way mm-hmm. he does it is very, like, kind of island smooth. You were drawn into it? No, but I got it. I Here's what I... You know what I wrote down? I said, it looks like he thinks he's in a movie. Yes. That's a movie line. He's it's been like practicing. something that he's been thinking... And he maybe didn't practice it out loud, but it's something he's been thinking about in his head. What it's I would like, say, yeah. I'm going to be man-to-man with these cops. Mm-hmm. Here's what I'm going to say. Look, mm-hmm. I'm I'm a bad guy. I've done all this bad stuff, but... I'm no, no killer. killer. Right. That's a movie thing, right? Who does he, he think is going to play him in the movie? Clint Eastwood. <laughs> no, he's too old. I mean, he's not that too old because they're all pretty old. Matthew McConaughey? Oh, yes. Oh, my God. He totally <laughs> thinks Matthew McConaughey. That's perfect. <laughs> That's who he thinks will play him. I'm no killer. Just keep living. All right, all right. All right, all right. Now... Peggy is being interviewed at the same time in Las Vegas. She is not admitting to anything. They tell Jim, we've been talking to your wingman. And Jim gets a little nervous. And he runs his fingers through his hair. Which Which is is really long at this point. His hair is like Jesus. It's like um, Patrick Swayze in Point Break. And he, I think running his fingers through his hair is his tell. That's like, oh, I'm nervous. I'm running my fingers through my hair. Sweaty hands. Yeah. (laughs) So then Hurricane Charlie hits. And the wingman is terrified that Jim is going to come and get him for revenge. So he has no power. The power's all out. The town's being destroyed. It's terrible. And he's sleeping with a gun under his pillow because he thinks Jim is going to come get him. I would be scared that Jim was coming to get me. Oh, totally. Yeah. But... 
I can't figure it out totally, like these motivations. Like maybe if he had the urge to kill again, but he doesn't even seem like that. He seems like he just is kind of like laissez-faire about the whole thing. I like that word. So the storm hits, and then the, finally it settles down. This is the storm, the gathering storm. This is what this episode has all been about, apparently, except not really. Um, they, threw, they do it. They try to do the through line of the storm, but really, you could have just changed the name of the episode because they're exactly. like they keep going on about like Hurricane Charlie. I don't remember Hurricane Charlie, but I don't know how old I was. But like, was it a big storm or was it like eh? did it, did it, was it massive devastation? It did look like massive devastation, but it was so long ago. Like we probably wouldn't remember it from being in Florida. It wasn't as like maybe popular a hurricane as Katrina in and I don't mean popular like yay I mean like we all knew about it but also Charlie is spelled differently I think at least that's how they spell it on the one of the graffiti it's L-E-Y yeah which is sassy like a name of a Disney show Charlie yeah or makes me think it's a lady yeah thanks guys no hurricanes are always ladies oh Hurricanes are always women names. Why? That's just how they do. No, because this one says Francis, Ivan, and Jean. Oh, maybe they go back and forth. Maybe they go back and forth between men and women. The second major hurricane of the 2004 Atlantic hurricane season. Echo, how do they name hurricanes? The United States began using female names to classify hurricanes in 1953 and started using male names as well in 1978. The names were used to simplify and better organize communications regarding the hurricanes. That was the most informative that she ever was. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Echo. Echo, what was the worst hurricane... Oh, she can't hear me. Ask her what the worst hurricane was in 2004. Echo, what was the worst hurricane in 2004? The most expensive 2004 hurricane by inflation-adjusted damage is Hurricane Ivan at $33,761,000,000 U.S. dollars. She's going by money. Because that's all Amazon knows, is money. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Jeff Bezos. You're calling out Jeff Bezos on her podcast? <laughs> hey, Jeff Bezos, send all us a houseboat. All you care about is money. <laughs> we, would like, we would like some gifts. I just bought an Echo Fire Stick. I'm going to uh, send you a list. No, I was, we were supposed to. I think you're asking about Fire Stick. No, I'm not. Would you like to know more about that? No, thank you. Oh, of course she heard Fire Stick. No, we were supposed to boycott because of the conditions in the factories. Which factory? I think you're asking about Fire Stick. No, Echo, no. stop it. Oh, Echo. Stop it. Wow. Gosh. The second generation Fire TV Stick. Echo, oh. stop it. <laughs> Why is she doing this? That's because you talked about an Amazon product. That was intense. She would not let it go. She's like, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to barrel right through this. I hear the stop, but I'm ignoring it. I don't hear the stop. She is the Democratic Party people when they call me and I happen to answer the phone. And I'm like, no, I'm so broke right now. No, I have credit card debt. I understand, but just like a few dollars. No, I'm sorry. I really can't. I have no money. I understand, but just this much. All you could do is this much. I'm like, Nope, no, they just keep I'm sorry, going. I can't right now. And then they just can't, they won't stop. And that's how nope. she is. She's a sales lady. Yeah, she is. She wants you to buy it. Yeah. Second generation. Yeah. Uh, anyways, so sorry. I, I really should have boycotted. I'm sorry. I really missed the boat on that. I didn't find right. out until later. Uh, it was too late. I don't um, even know what you're talking about. Now I have to look it up and I'm going to get all sad and I'm going to have to cancel. No, like the workers don't like the conditions in the factories and stuff. So the they were supposed to boycott Prime Day. No, oh, I didn't get anything for Prime Day. I just got the fire stick because it was $14. What does it do? It's like a Roku. Oh, all right. But it's voice activated. So I can I can tell it to put on King of the Hill. It just puts on King of the Hill. But you won't have King of the Hill because you're canceling your cable. Well, King of the Hill is on um, Hulu. So it'll play Hulu. It'll play Netflix. It'll it'll play, I can say, play Murder, She Wrote, and it goes to Amazon Prime and it plays Murder, She Wrote. The whole s- series. Clever. All right. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. I'm really going to miss my cable. And yelling about that Smile Direct guy that pisses me off. So right. that, so here's, okay. Yeah. This is, I'm ending the episode on such a high note, mm-hmm. if I could speak English. So the hurricane comes, devastation reigned, 
man saw his future drip dripping down the drain. Wow, I was not expecting to do that. Just, it came right out. Was that Hamilton? That was Hamilton. And when the lights came back on, Jim was literally gone with the wind. (gasps) Dun, dun, dun. He's gone, y'all. That's good. And Gene is probably very sad. You guys aren't ready because it gets even crazier. What is- Gene gets somehow stupider in part two. Yeah, but then she wises up. Later. Briefly, for like a second, and then everything gets better. Yeah, she does. When Gene wises up is when things start to like, okay. But the reason Gene wises up is BS and part of her whole problem. Correct. Her whole internal situation, why she needs better help. Yes, that is definitely true. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so this episode, we'd wanted to say happy birthday to a girl named Kate, who her, it is different Kate, but she's equally awesome. I don't know how her Nancy Grace impression is, but her husband, Lauren- Are you talking about me? Because my name's Ethel, so I don't know who I don't know who you're talking about. Her husband, Lauren, reached out to us and asked if we would say a shout out. She thinks that you are beautiful as hell, no matter what your age- no, he didn't say that. He said, that don't so say sweet. her age. He said, don't say her age. We can say she's in her 30s and she's beautiful as hell. And she's timeless. Yeah. He loves Sorry, her. No, timeless sounds bad. That makes you sound like Elizabeth Taylor. No, like she's Vaseline not lens. old. She is in her 30s. Yeah. She no, is a young you are a, You are spring chicken and, and beautiful apparently as beautiful as hell. Yeah. They live in Colorado where the secret keepers took place. And not in the exact same place. I just mean in Colorado. And they started watching Bob's Burgers because we talk about it all the time. So you're welcome, Kate. That's your birthday present. That's great. Yeah. We can call her Kate doesn't need to date. (gasps) She has a husband. I love it. It might not get picked up by TLC because there's not a lot of conflict there. But I still think it could be a good show. Yeah. Maybe she has an interesting job. Yeah. Also, I did want to say we never do like serious things, but we did get reached out to by a listener named Emily, whose husband, Dustin, lost his sister in an accident by a drowsy driver. And since last week's episode was about a guy who fell asleep at the wheel five times and no one did anything, she thought we could do a little reminder to say, don't drive drunk, don't drive sleepy, don't drive while you're listening to us because i might say pubic hair a lot and you might just drive off the road oh man don't drive when you're on that crazy pill what's it ambien no driving on ambien because you can't fight the pirates that are coming after you while you're driving that's not that doesn't and that's not a gremlin on the road that's a dot (laughs) marks the line stop it a gremlin i'm gonna run over it right now yeah so just drive carefully that's all we're trying to say yes please be aware yeah, and also, sorry, we're so, so sorry about um, yeah, your sister, so sorry. Dustin. That's, That's awful. Terrible. 22 years ago, drowsy driving is apparently never goes out of style. So let's, you guys, we can do no, better. No, you just don't think you're as tired as you are. And then you're like, no, no, I'll make it, I'll make it. And then yeah. that one time. Yeah. Also, I'm, I'm going to be more diligent, diligent about... Diligent. I'm going to be more diligent, Jefferson. And illegitimate. Um, about not being on my phone or like not like looking at the next show I want to listen to. Good for you. In Don't honor of Shannon. That's what I have I'm it do. ready to go. Have it ready to go when you leave. Mm-hmm. That's what playlist is for. Mm-hmm. Good. I like it. Um, is a gremlin the thing that the cute thing turns into a gremlin or do they start as gremlins? I've never seen it. Something happens when you feed them at night, but I don't yeah, know. It's water, right? They look really cute. I think they're maybe always gremlins, but then they just turn psycho. I don't don't think so. I think they start as a cute thing and then they turn into a gremlin. You know those dolls that were psycho and would say scary things that they sell sold to children, but then they get angry? Furbies. You know the Furbies? They look like Furbies. But then some of the Furbies had these like demon genes in them and they would get psycho and they would scare your whole house and be screaming and crying and like someone was murdering them. And Mm. you'd have to like break them to get them to stop yeah that's not that's a, and they well, sold them to children because that's well satan yeah infiltrated kb toys mm-hmm. in 19 whatever 99 um no this is current this is the new furbies do that and the old furbies oh yeah i guess they all did um 
the, yeah, they're it, not the right. designers are just saying a little f u to all of us, right? They're That's, not they're not of this world. World? Yeah, they need to Okay, it's called a mogwai. Mogwai. And then they must turn into gremlin if you feed them or wet them? I'm sorry, wet them? Like pat them down with a damp paper towel? Yep, that's what it says. Do not expose Mogwai to bright lights or sunlight, which will kill it. Do not let it come in contact with water and never f- let it feed, af- never feed it after midnight. They must smell. Do they never get bathed? Can you use a baby wipe? I don't understand it. I never saw it. I maybe, I don't know where that came from, but let's try. Let's watch it. All right. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye, don't everyone. Don't watch alone. Oh, yeah. Wait until our next episode to find out who you can who watch it with. Exactly. Here's a hint. Hot tip. It's not Jim Jeans. <laughs> oh, Jim Jeans. It might be Peggy. We're not saying. You'll have to tune in to find out. Or is there another bill coming? Yes, there is. <laughs> or is there another There's Peggy? another bill in this episode. Oh, there like, it is. <laughs> what is happening in this episode? Oh, it's, it's a lot. Okay, okay. Please watch it, too, so you know what's going on. Okay. Yeah. Bye. Right. Bye. But baby. Oh